early morning in a Devon car park, overlooking a sandy beach where the swell looks promising. Excuse me. Hello. Hi. Hi. I make a podcast. I waited till you got your pants on till I came <laughs> to ask you. I was just wondering where you're going. Where I'm going? Um, right now I'm going back to Totnes to drop some boards off and then I'm driving to Brighton via Glastonbury. So, oh. yeah, picking up, yeah, I'm just going to pick up my uh, partner and her son from uh, her parents at Glastonbury and then uh, drive back up to Brighton where I, I moved to from here a couple of years ago. So, yeah. Busy day then. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but good to get surfing before uh, the big long drive. Make me feel relaxed for it. Yeah. So swell, is that the right question? What was the swell like? It was really nice, actually. Kind of small, about two foot, but nice and clean, light offshore wind and sun was shining, peeling left and right and uh, hardly anyone out at, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. So like dreamland, really. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. (laughs) What does it feel like when you catch a wave and it all goes right? I've never managed it. You're just very in the moment, basically. I think that's the nicest thing about it. It just keeps you really in the moment. That feeling of just sort of gliding along just on a what is essentially just a pulse of energy passing through water. And there's something very freeing and uh, releasing about that. And uh, it's just thrilling and fun as well, you know, whether it's small or big. And every, every type of condition is different. And uh, sometimes it's quite an intense euphoric experience with big surf and something but sometimes it's just sort of calm and gleeful really and fun yeah managed to get dressed while you did that beautiful yeah. description so if you love it so much and this is a good surfing beach yeah why did you leave it uh well just because i'd lived here for many many years and i needed a change and my partner lived in brighton otherwise i wouldn't have left really and uh fancied living in a city but uh the surf there is a bit shite, unfortunately. <laughs> you do get some surf here and there occasionally, but it's uh, it's not the best. So I've got friends and relatives come visit down here, so come back down and, mm. and visit once every few weeks. But uh, yeah, so that's You're why. still by the sea, though, so could you have not lived by the sea? Uh, no, I don't think that'd be really that possible, really. <laughs> Something about just being in the sea, regardless of what conditions the sea is in, is... Uh, very therapeutic i think you know it's uh, very healing very therapeutic and being washed over and by the elements and everything is a very it's an essential thing really to keep me happy and healthy and uh, both physically emotionally and thirdly spiritually as well i suppose yeah yeah Yeah. people say that about surfing don't they that it is spiritual yeah people get pretty cosmic about it you know to tell you the (laughs) truth i'm not really a cosmic person but i can see you know if i was going to have spirituality and a a belief in kind of uh energy and uh all that sort of stuff i'd see surfing as a real sort of gift to you know get you in touch with the the sort of uh the idea that the all of life is sort of energy and as about cosmic as i get that we're all kind of (laughs) one energy really (laughs) i just kind of enjoy it just because it's fun mostly, yeah. but it, it does bring a lot of therapeutic effects mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Good luck with your journey. You've managed yeah, to get your socks on. Much. That's always tricky after salty water, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it always is. Yeah, well, that's all part of it, really. Sort of sliding off the wetsuit and, you know, the smell of salt and sea and getting changed in the back of the car. and <laughs> that whole, It's all a very sensual experience, which is uh, really nice, yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Have yeah, a really well, great journey. Yeah. Thanks. I hope the traffic's not too bad. <laughs> See you.
I'm just wondering where you're going with all of this. Uh, I'm just about to go out spearfishing, so I'm going to head off towards Bolt Tail Headland and hope, hopefully get some dinner for tonight. <laughs> Talk yeah. me through what I'm looking at. Uh, so I've got my wetsuit here. It's a 5mm wetsuit. keeps me nice and warm. Uh, I've got my long fins. helps me get down to the bottom effortlessly and quicker. got my weight belt to keep me neutrally buoyant at about 12 metres. got my gloves, my boots. And missing I, is the spear. And the spear guns are in the car. <laughs> so how did you get into that or who taught you? My dad has always been into fishing, but I sort of started watching a lot of YouTube and sort of discovered a spearfishing side. Started watching a guy called Daniel Mann, then Joe Pike, who's local to uh, local to Devon. And yeah, just pretty much got into it about three years ago, and I take part in the competitions each year. It's Do really you? good fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really good fun. Have you won any? Not yet, no. There's a lot of guys who take part who have got about 40 years' experience, so it's, uh, it's quite difficult, but... I'll get there eventually. So what sorts of things are you hoping to, or do you catch? Uh, Off here, uh, bass, pollock, uh, there are flatfish around as well, and red mullet, which is something I have not caught yet. So fingers crossed I can try and find some, but it's an incredible place for fish. Is it? Yeah, it's awesome. What's it like under there when you're swimming around with your gun? Uh, At the moment, it's well, because obviously the sea is so calm, it's just, it's so peaceful. But I've been out of here when it's been really choppy and it's just... uh, quite strong quite quite scary sometimes yeah. but you just got to go out in the safe conditions and just hopefully get some fish how deep uh i dive anywhere between five meters at shallowest up to about 20 that's deep yeah around here i'll dive probably 10 to 12 uh, if i go out any further there's a strong current that rips through so yeah, yeah. yeah i tend to stay in just in of a headland and yeah. and yeah so it's good and have you come across anything sort of alarming basking shark anything like that uh not a basking shark i've never seen one but i did come here uh, probably six months ago and I saw some bluefin tuna which is incredible these things are about two and a half metres long and they were massive were you scared? I was scared yeah they <laughs> scared the hell out I wasn't expecting to see them so just diving in about eight metres of water where I usually find my pollock didn't see any like ten seconds later I turned to my left and these two great big tuna swim behind me I was petrified did you know what they were or did you just think oh my I, god that's I huge. knew instantly what they were because they're such a such a distinguished fish you can't you can't not know what they are there's just some of the biggest fish we get in the uk so yeah, are they incredible. dangerous not dangerous it's just very scary it's just so big <laughs> did you get out of the water quite quickly after that uh i hopped yeah i hopped back in the boat and we moved location because there's just no fish around so okay. but yeah it's a it was a definitely a very cool experience a very unique experience yeah. how exact and how much technique is there to the shooting uh i mean to shoot a fish you want to really try and shoot it just in the gill plate or in the head so you've only got like a small probably eight to ten centimeter sort of like area to shoot uh that would be the ideal shot so that way you don't ruin any of the meat or anything like that when it comes to filleting but uh it takes practice i mean i had a lot of terrible shots when i first started but i've started to nail nail the uh, gill shots and that sort of thing now so just takes time takes practice and perseverance pretty much so three years ago you were watching on youtube fast forward three years you're overlooking the beach you've got your kit set out is this something you think might be part of your life forever i think so yeah i mean i'd never really buy like main meals now like like fish from supermarkets it doesn't taste as nice so i'm always always out trying to get scallops lobsters fish just whenever i can really Mm. weather dependent anyway (laughs) and what do you do when you're not fishing 
I do surfing, so I'm always in the ocean. I do paddleboarding. I do a lot of kayaking, fishing. So you've got a job, or you're a student? I uh, work at a place called Little, just over in Torquay, and it's a, it's a pretty good job. Pays the bills and pays for the fuel to get around. So yeah, it's I was really just going to say, you strike me as someone who works to live. Yes, definitely, hundred percent. So I've, uh, I'm trying to save up for a place down in Cornwall. So because Cornwall's an ideal place for spearfishing, it's incredible down that way. But yeah, so just just working, working, saving, saving, and hopefully hopefully buy a house down a call at some point soon. And what's your ultimate ambition with all of this? Let's say you get the house and you're still fishing. What's the big goal? I'd love to turn it into a career. I'd love to be able to teach other people spearfishing. Um, don't get me wrong, I still take new people out each year, and uh, I try to give them as much helpful information as possible. And did your parents have any idea, I'm presuming you lived with your parents three years ago, that when you were like sitting in your bedroom watching these videos, what was about to unfold? Uh, my dad was quite, quite, uh, quite into it. My mum, not so much, but, <laughs> but she, she, she enjoys fish, so okay. she just doesn't like the shooting part and that sort of thing. But okay. as long as I'm providing dinner for the table at that point in the past, then she was, she was happy. Yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was awesome. OK, I hope you catch something really tasty. Thanks for talking. Bye. Bye. I recorded this episode in South Devon last month and there are more stories from the sea to come over the next few weeks. Subscribe to Where Are You Going, wherever you listen to podcasts, so you don't miss a single one. Edwin Pearson composed the music, and the team at Loftus Media produces the podcast. I'm Catherine Carr. Thanks so much for listening. going is shortlisted for the listener's choice in this year's British Podcast Awards. If you have 30 seconds to spare, please support the podcast by voting for us at www.britishpodcastawards.com forward slash voting. The link is also in the show notes and we would be so grateful if you were able to do it for us. You never know, it might mean that we get to do things like make tote bags and I'm sure you'd like one of those. You just never know. Thanks for listening.